welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And well, today we are talking about all the things that no one wants to tell you about owning a dog. Why? Because in this world of social media, all dogs seem pretty perfect. But guess what? They aren't. They definitely aren't. <laughs> so let's dive into some more good, bad, and ugly things that no one wants to tell you. Okay, Mackenzie, this one's for you. Yep, this one is 1 million percent for me. This I'll, is you. I'll read it. Okay. <laughs> Guess what? If your dog sleeps in bed with you, you'll forever be tired. Forever. <laughs> you'll never have a good sleep. It's true. I can't, like, Marshall would be so annoying to sleep with. He's so large. Yep. Um, and it's not just that. It's like, okay, yeah, it's adorable to have your dog sleep in bed with you. They're cuddly. They're balls of fluffy love, but they can be restless and downright annoying. <laughs> um, and sleeping with two littles in my bed every single night, every time they move, I can wake up. Every time they decide to jump down and go get a drink of water, then they jump back up and they jump back up on my head and, you know, or they jump back up and like land in like my stomach and like wake me up out of a dead sleep. And, um, you know, this doesn't happen every night. I'm being a little dramatic, you know, they're, they're pretty good, but like if, if they say didn't get a good enough, um, you know, walk or, or run around or mental stimulation throughout the day, they might not settle as quickly. Um, they also wake up before you. So I'm sure most dogs out there wake a lot of people up um, and they demand to be walked and fed. So forever <laughs> tired with owning a dog. <laughs> Right? Marshall, because Marshall sleeps in a crate and it's right beside the bed. And if I literally every morning when I wake up, I just roll over and he's wide awake and he's just staring at me. Yep. <laughs> wake up. Yep. And if I didn't have him in a crate, he would be all up in my biz being like, give me my breakfast immediately, woman. <laughs> yep. But it's actually really funny because there's sometimes when I'll go to read in bed and sometimes I won't put him in his crate right away. I'll let him like come and lay on the bed with me while I read. And most of the time after like an hour of that, he'll jump off the bed and put himself in the crate. Oh, what a good boy. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be near you. <laughs> I want to be in my little my little cave. He loves it. That's where he sleeps. Well, there you have it. If you don't want to be forever tired, create your dog. All right. All right, next one. Your schedule will change if you have a dog. Um, your dog is going to dictate when you wake up to some extent. Um, they're going to require you to work in, you know, their walks and their bathroom breaks. They're going to need to be fed. Um, and if you, you know, have to go to work or you have to go out, um, you're going to have to work around their feeding, walking bathroom break schedule. Um, and it really is easy to take for granted how free your schedule can feel without a dog, right? Like you can go out right out right after work. You can just go on out and do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, you do lose that spontaneity for sure. Um, cause you, you can't just, you know, leave your dog for multiple hours. Well, 
you can it's just not very nice <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah maybe before getting a dog you know you can yeah exactly you can go out for drinks after work with some work colleagues and you know you're you don't have anything to worry about you just go home whenever you want to go home but if you've got a dog yeah. waiting for you who hasn't been fed or gone pure poops then they're just sadly lonely waiting waiting, waiting i know <laughs> so um you know it's not impossible to be spontaneous, but having a pup who relies on you for literally everything in their lives just makes it a little more difficult. That's why, you know, um, we always recommend having a few options for last minute, you know, things. So like whether it's a friend or family member or even a boarding kennel or, or a pet sitter of some sort to have um, available, um, you know, there's obviously emergency situations, etc. But to have somebody who is able to come check in on pup is, uh, is always a good thing to have. Someone having someone who has a spare key can be so helpful. I haven't really had to do this much with Marshall because I'm home most of the time because I work from home. But when I had my old dog, Bailey, and I lived on my own, I definitely have people that had spare keys because there would be times that I would be stuck at work. Like I would be stuck and I'd have to call somebody and be like, can you go take Bailey for a quick walk for me and give her dinner? Cause I'm stuck. Yeah. Um, so having, you know, backups just in case you are in a pinch somewhere can be super helpful. But yeah, it's so funny how intertwined they become in our lives. I remember when I moved to Korea and didn't have Bailey anymore, I would go away for a weekend. And then I would feel this like sense of like anxiety of like, I gotta get home to my dog. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I don't have a dog right here. I am good. I have nothing to go home to so I can do whatever I want. And it was almost the opposite effect of like, oh, feeling so free is very strange. Yeah, yeah. They definitely dictate our lives when they're here. Um, next one. I like this one a lot. What is it, Justine? Um, you will have to learn how to speak dog. And what we really mean by this is um, we are the more intelligent species, <laughs> Um, humans are more intelligent than dogs. So it is really up to us for us to learn our dog's language. Um, it's, you know, we can teach them commands and they can understand things to a degree, but at the end of the day, it's really up to us to understand them and understand what they're trying to tell us, whether that's through whining or barking or pacing or sniffing, um, we went a long time where Marshall would never whine if he had to go out and he had a few pee accidents even after like a year, year and a half old. And we haven't had one in a really long time because now I can spot it. I know most of the time if he's up and pacing, even if he's not whining, I just take him out, even if I'm not sure. Yep. And this one takes a while. Like it does. You, you do need to learn your own dog's language um and then you literally like I, this sounds stupid when I say it out loud but like like Will and I can have like conversations it'll be like Willa wines and it'll be like what do you want and then she'll a lot of times she'll look at what she wants so like oh she wants 
water. She'll look at the Brita filter on the counter. Oh, she wants, you know, a treat. I have a cupboard. She knows where the treats hide. She'll literally look at the cupboard. And it's like, usually she wants treats. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> that. Exactly. But like sometimes it's like even like, she, you know, she's learned to like go to the back door and like stand at the back door and give it one little like scrape, scrape with her little paw. And she knows right away that mom will come and let me outside. You know, like it's like this language that they they come up with and that you just need to yeah. be able to decipher it. So, um, you know, some dogs are easier than others. Um, like Aladar just kind of goes with the flow. Um, <laughs> her language isn't as vast as well as, but, um, you know, uh, they, they both have their little quirks and cues and you just have to pick up on them as the human. And then eventually maybe you'll know how to speak your dog's language. Yeah. And I think it's important to highlight here too, that learning your dog's language can also help you help them in anxious or fearful or stressful situations. If you can learn what your dog does when they're scared or nervous. I know, I know now that Marshall sometimes with certain men, especially if they're wearing hats or like a bike helmet and a mask. And if they're particularly tall, he'll like get low and really tense. And I can see, I can tell his body language right away. And I know in that moment that I need to create space between that person and him because he's super uncomfortable. But it's taken me a really long time to learn that and to have him growl at a couple of people for me to be like, Oh, okay. So yep. you're, you're upset. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, it takes, it takes a lot of time for you to kind of understand their vocabulary, but as a dog owner, that's your responsibility. It's not their responsibility to learn your vocabulary. All right. Last one. This next one is so good. Hit us with it. All right. Waiting through all the advice can be stressful. So the internet is a large place. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> There's a lot of information out there. Lots of conflicting, confusing information. Um, a lot of dog people can be extremists as well. So, Or, or I would say not, not always extremists, but also maybe they just live in like these echo chambers um, in spaces that validate their thoughts or viewpoints on dog ownership and are not willing to even remotely hear the other side. We see that, I think, a lot, those polarizing views, we see a lot in the dog space. That's very, very true. Um, Like, just have a look at Reddit or some Facebook groups as an example. Like, you can just literally skim through and you'll come up to a, you know, a few snarky comments fairly quickly. Um, There's a lot of extremes on the spectrum of things like food, how to train your dog, what type of training to take your dog to, you know, the adopt don't shop movement, how to raise your puppy and, you know, the best way to socialize your dog, how to groom your dog, like literally anything to do with a dog, you will get somebody I'm sure to argue a fact on it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's sad, but it's, 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 People are passionate about their animals. People are passionate about their dogs. They love their dogs. I totally understand that. I've lectured people about things about dogs before. And you know what? It's, it comes out of a place of love. But I do think that there are a lot of um, confusing things out there for, for people who are just trying to do their best. 
Yeah. And I think um, at the end of the day, everyone's going to have an opinion um, and some are going to be more well-informed than others. Um, So really just make sure you're getting information from reputable sources, from people who are educated to offer that knowledge. So whether that's through, you know, proper peer-reviewed research and literature or veterinarians or behaviorists or nutritionists, um, right? Find a well-educated space to find that information. Um, I think that's why when we dive into these types of topics, we often take this more exploratory stance because we aren't experts. And we're also just like you kind of living in this middle space where it's hard to know what's right and wrong. And at the end of the day, you're never going to be a perfect dog owner. (laughs) You got it. I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not going to be a perfect dog owner and people are going to critique what you do as a dog owner. And that's okay. Just do your best and be informed and do what's best for your dog and be your dog's best advocate. That's really all your dog needs from you. Well, there you have it. A few more things you don't really hear before getting a dog. So let's take a quick break and we will be right back. 